Hello there and welcome back to another episode of BizShiz. This is your local um, e-commerce channel um, where we're focused on talking about all things digital, SEO, marketing and basically anything that happens online um, in terms of growing your business or taking those next steps. So today I want to talk about the language of your customers. So we've kind of focused on this before. We've, you know, we've mentioned a few different aspects of this based around um, keyword research and how to get the best keyword research for your business, whether that's running ads online, whether it's running PPC, or just generally doing research into what your customers actually think. So using the words your customers are using is basically the um, ultimate form of keyword research. You can use all the packages in the world, but they're not going to tell you exactly what your customers are searching for. And it's using those keywords and using um, those words, I suppose, as a, as a question um, that can often drive sales or kind of put you in front of your customers a little bit better, whether that's using Google My Business and doing a post that way, or whether it's on your website or it's on social media or whatever it is. Remembering that a lot of these social sites now are effectively used as search engines. You know, how many of us, I know I do it a lot as well, you know, go into Instagram or go into Facebook and look for a service and, and have a look at the results that actually pop up there. And often, you know, you're able to find things a little bit more clearly than you are, say, from doing a Google search. Because as we know, most people haven't got the time or can't be bothered to scroll through. You know, if you're going to scroll through pages, you might scroll through maybe the first two, three, four, maybe, if you really are really looking for something. But most people are just going to do the first page, aren't they? Um, hence why there's such a, a big demand to get on that, get on page one, for example. Um, so like I said, all the paid software in the world will never give you the same kind of quality data that that's going to provide. So you need to understand the language that your customers are searching for. If that, if you've got a very niche market, that's going to be even more important. Otherwise, it's never going to be found, is it? Um, so how they search, how are your customers searching for your service? So we talked about it before where you can maybe go to your customer service department. You can maybe look at messages that are sent in and think about how those customers are describing your product. Are they describing it in the exact way that you describe it on a listing, for example? You know, if it's a vacuum cleaner, have they got like another word for it? You know, they say calling it a hoover, for example, and you're not targeting on that on that kind of um, wording. I mean, obviously, hoover is a brand name, um, but it still doesn't stop people. You know, we all we all call um, sticky tape, sellotape, even though it's a brand name. But people know what we mean, don't we? So it's, it's those sort of um, minute differences that you want to think about. Um, so we want to think about that to use in our marketing, our research, and we want to use it, you know, within our product posts, our general posts on social media, um, videos, podcasts, etc. So the number one rule really is to speak the lingo of your customers, understand truly what they are talking about, really. Otherwise, you can't marry the two up and, you know, it's, it's not going to help your sales and your, um, you know, your visibility, essentially. So customer needs. So figure out what your customer needs actually are. But remember that sales are barely re, uh, built on this. So by that we mean need. Um, you know, how many of us buy stuff that we need? I think we do and we're absolutely desperate for it, but it's not our main sales driver. So sales are built on emotion a lot of the time. It's not necessarily what a customer needs, more what they want. So it's about desire. You know, we don't need chocolate or 20 pairs of shoes, for example, but we do want them and we do generally get them. So you want to drill down into the psyche of your ideal customer and think about what they actually want, I suppose, rather than what they need. You know, both of those values have a place, 
but you're, you're wanting to promote sales and you're wanting to, to promote other things like that. So you want to give them an answer to their, their, their problem. Um, that's where a lot of product development comes from. So I deal a lot with people who are selling on Amazon. So it's, it, and run a lot of training based around that point. But it's thinking about, you know, they have to be the niche. They have to be the, you know, it's about having that unique selling point. It's about being different. It's about creating a product or coming up with an ideas for a new product that is out of the norm, that nobody else is providing and nobody else can provide. And that's where you're going to get these, these big numbers from. So the next step is to look at your business with a fresh pair of eyes, if possible, um, or at least get someone to do that for you, maybe. Um that's kind of crucial, I think. So you want to think about your your ideal customer. So you want to take this kind of deep dive into their lifestyle. So um, what does their life look like? Who are they? What do they want? Um, research that market fully if you can. And, and think about the kind of attention to detail that will make you stand out from, from your competition. Next step, we want to think about business to business and business to consumer. So these are two very, very distinct markets and you're going to either fall into one or the other um, or maybe both, depending, you know, if you're um, obviously if you were to sell wholesale stuff um, and to direct to consumer, which is now um, more possible. Um, you know, I, I, I kind of follow quite a lot of businesses on Instagram, for example, and they have kind of taken that route. You know, they're finding that, you know, maybe two or three years ago, they might have been business to business, but now it's more about getting direct in front of the customer. You know, we have this unique platform where, you know, essentially we can make our own TV show, if you like, you know, if we look at YouTube or with a podcast, we're essentially making our own radio program. And literally all of these things are free and we can reach people in a way that we've never been able to before. So a lot of people are using Instagram shopping or having their websites and creating brands on that platform. You know, Instagram especially can be a website. It can be a blog. It can be a video channel. It can be everything all in one place. And um, with Instagram shopping especially, it's super convenient for people to be buying directly from that site if you're setting up your page properly. So I always promote people, businesses we work with, people I know, businesses I don't know, but I'll still message them and tell them what they should do um, because I don't want them to miss out on this amazing opportunity. So when we think about these two things, so business to business and business to consumer. So business to business is very much about profit and it's about return on investment. Um, it's about your profit margins, essentially. Uh, whereas business con to consumer, i.e. me selling chocolate on my Instagram page to Joe Blogs in the street, for example, is more about an emotional connection. You know, what will be received? How does that make the customer feel? Things like that. So a lot of the understanding from the business to consumer market can be applied to B2B, so business to business. Um, you have to think about um, how you're going to attract your ideal customer. So when we're thinking about the market and the emotional response and the ideal customer that we want, we want to think about what we're going to get from them. So what are their ideal characteristics going to be? So it has to be about more than money. Um, it's about the long term picture and your end goals that you've got in mind. So the ideal customer will be someone who's hopefully hassle-free, easy to deal with, straightforward, pays on time, no drama, that kind of thing. But it's about the larger goals as well. Um, so if you've, got, if you've got a customer, for example, it might just be a one-off, but hopefully that ideal customer will replicate into many who are of, of the same um, likeness, hopefully. 
So it's the one that's it's the one person who's going to tell people on the street, in a business meeting, networking, wherever they go, just how great you are and the service that you're offering. So other referrals on paper and word of mouth freely are just as good. Because it's if they really truly rate the service they've received from you, they don't need pushing to promote you. They don't need you reminding them or you know, you don't have to send, you know, a message out to people saying, Oh, if you could just mention our service, that would be great. You're gonna do it freely as and when you get the opportunity. Whether it's a month after you've been dealing with these people, or whether it's ten years, that you know, the the impact that you've had on them is gonna be the same. So it's it's that old saying, you know, it doesn't matter what you say to people, it's how you make them feel. So if you've done a great job, you've created a lot less problems for a, a customer than they might have got otherwise, you know, they had a fast turnaround or something like that. That's why feedback is so important, whether it's on an eBay site where you're leaving feedback or you're going on TripAdvisor or on one of these other, um, you know, um, easy to access um, referral sites, for example, or even just directly on a, I don't know, a hotel website, for example. It makes a big difference and people do read all this stuff. And we all know that some people overreact and, you know, you take it with a pinch of salt to, to you know, for the most part, but it still has an impact on people more so now than ever. So referrals such as this can provide great value and it's more than the payment for just one job, which is why you have to change your mindset and your own psyche about what you actually want from these customers. So just imagine how much richer you will be in every sense of the word when you consider what you receive from your customers. It really is a game changer. Um, it's basically about doing less to get more. So you could be doing a lot less work and a lot less running around, you know, in terms of your marketing and your, your PPC that you're paying for online. You might not have to pay all that out if you actually looked at your customer base in a different kind of way. You know, those referrals might come in a little bit more automatically and a little bit more freely. So you don't have to spend as much as like an outgoing cost, for example. And the thing is, you can't always compete on price. In fact, many tenders I've worked on for business, my own or other people's, it's usually never about cost. It's often about the belief that that business has to believe in you. So whether it's a, a local authority contract or it's a big business or it's a multi-million pound um, conversion or something like that, they want to make sure that you can get the job done. They don't want to be renegotiating contracts. They don't want to be in a situation where, you know, months or potentially years down the line, you've not finished a job that you said you were going to do um, because that's going to have a massive impact and knock on effect with everything else that's going on in that particular organisation. Um, because if you've just got price to work on, it's just a race to the bottom. You know, we see it all the time on the likes of, like, say, eBay or for Amazon. Everyone's selling the same product. So they've got no negotiating power there. They've all got the exact same thing. So someone can price something at £80 and someone can price it at a tenner if they're willing, if they want it sold quickly and they want their money back in the pot. Um, they've got nothing to barter with, essentially. Um, so if you're going into a contract like that and just saying, all right, we'll do it for the cheapest amount, there's a lot more to consider for that. You know, it's this whole idea we've talked about before to do with price psychology. You know, what impact, what message are you sending out to a customer? If you're telling me you're going to do something dirt cheap, they're probably going to think, you know, I, I don't want to deal with that person because it's not it's not going to be a quality service. It's not going to be a job well done. And they'd rather pay, you know, a third more in price on the understanding. They don't know what the end product's going to be, but they're still going to think, oh, right, OK, um, it's going to be a better job. Well done there. So that's one of the things to consider there. So 
they just don't want to be let down. And it's about reputation. It's about their reputation and yours as well. Um, so generally, when I've dealt with tenders in the past, um, it's this kind of idea I always give out to people is it's not about the money. Um, and that's the one message that they don't necessarily understand before we start working together. So where businesses um, online, especially and obviously when we're dealing with e-commerce and this kind of thing, um, you know, I mean, what business isn't online realistically, unless it has to be a, a physical service that they're providing. Um, so reputation's everything. Um, and especially when we're dealing with online business, these businesses don't usually have a product you can touch or feel. Instead, you're relying on a picture or an image, feedback, reviews and other and word of mouth as well for that environment. So when these referrals happen online, that is even more important because you've not necessarily got any comeback. I mean, you can often give your opinion or res respond to a review, for example. But, you know, once the writing's on the wall, so to speak, it's it's a little bit difficult to get out of these problems. So if you're focusing on customer service, you're focusing on the customer throughout, you're not likely to have these problems so much. So let's think about how we want to integrate this into our websites and social media. Um, so, so much business these days is made through social media and website traffic. But we have to understand that people are lazy, for want of a better word. You know, they want instant results. It's the speed of the world we live in. It can't be helped. One way around this is to make sure that all your content is easy to access and it can be found. It's accessible, it's current and it's valuable. This is how people are increasing followers and turning those followers on Instagram, for example, into paying customers because they're giving value and, and it's different and it stands out. And then they want to keep returning to that person, for example. Um, so you think about your key information. You want all your products, events, all the core stuff that makes your business and gives you money and drives your sales is on your first page, your home page. Because most people aren't going to go into the in, what we call the interior pages. Then, then unless they're really interested or they've got a lot of time on their hands, you know, they might they might at some point look at your about you page and all the rest of it like that. But generally speaking, even if it's just a link on the home page to your shop page, it's it's still that's where it should be sitting. Um, because especially on mobile, um, people want a quick response to that. So you want to use your content as the hook. So you want to understand the customer's pain points, hook them in, give them the benefits, make it easy. They don't want to be thinking about what, what is the message you're trying to send out to us here. You know, it's not like adverts in, in you know from years ago. We're like, we don't understand the point of the message. You know, with, with social media and with your website, it needs to be very, very clear from the offset. So you need to always start with your customers as well. Too many people are thinking about themselves, um, businesses going forward. How much money can they make? What can they get out of it? How much profit can they drive, etc.? And that, again, is the difference between B2B and B2C. So you want to start with a problem you want to solve and you want to work backwards. So if I was designing a product that I was going to sell, for example, on Amazon, say it was a, I don't know, a cold and flu pack, for example, that's the problem. How am I going to solve that for your customers? I'm going to look at what other products are available online and I'm going to create my own that is different and better. Um, and then that solves the problem. And therefore, those customers will hopefully come and buy that product and make that purchase. So, like I say, too many people are thinking of themselves, whether that's money, time, resources, etc., so the customer and the experience is very much at the bottom of the list and it should be the other way around. You're not going to create success or a, or a profitable business in that way. So this mindset is colloquially known as is, is W-I-I-F-M, which basically stands for what is in it for me. So it's a, a term that is often used by marketeers, but it's something that needs to be more prevalent. 
Um, there's also this um, kind of idea at the moment that it's about the power of why. You should be asking yourself why. Why is this happening? Why is that happening? But realistically, even with that philosophy, people aren't turning it on its head and saying, well, right, let's start with the problem first and let's work backwards and figure out where we need to be at with this. And lastly, I just want to finish on this idea of positive mindset and energy creation. So it might sound a little bit airy-fairy, but stick with me. I'm a very big believer in energy, about the energy you put out there, about how much effort you put into the small stuff when the bigger things need looking at as well. Um, it's like we can all create lots of courses or we can create new products, but if we don't have a customer base in which to sell them to, then it, there's no point having it either, is that? Um, so we want to think about positive energy, positive thoughts, having the right mindset. These aren't just buzzwords. Um, there's a lot we don't know about this world in terms of spirituality, positive energy and the, having this growth mindset. So some people like to write this kind of information down and, you know, we can call it, you know, a, a growth journal. We can call it positive energy. We can call it whatever we want, really. But often when you're writing things down or you're keeping a diary of, of your problems or even if you're running a business year on year, it's, you know, I was told this years ago, it's, it's uh, and I found it to be very true myself, where you're going to look at, you know, year on year. So the problems you might have had in year one are not going to be the same problems you'll have in year 10. But if you can look back, even just having a quick flick through, you can see, you can remember how big these problems were at the time. And I think once you put it down on paper, you can think about how it's not such a big deal. But in terms of having a gratitude journal or gratitude diary, um, for each day, you can kind of think about what's gone well today. Instead of focusing on the negative, just focus on the positive and think, right, OK, so what's gone well? Oh, um, this has happened today. That customer's really happy. We've made so much money. We're in profit. You know, we've got in all the basics, like we've got a roof over our head. We're still doing OK. We're forging forward. It's all good. And focus and work hard and strive forward. Um, and I think writing it down just makes the big problems seem much, much smaller. And as the great Henry Ford once said, and my mum has mentioned this quote to me many times, it says, whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're probably right, because it's all in your head. If, we, if you think about how many excuses every day we kind of always put out there, um, which kind of stop us from doing things or making these big strides and big leaps forward, it's thinking about how we can change all that, really. So this is a bit of a long one. You know, I, I try and get them to be less than usually between 10 and 15 minutes. Um, but this this had quite a lot of content in it. And I hope you found that useful. Um, as always, any questions or any queries, um, you can find all this all, all on the blog, on the website um, as well. It's always a written form. At the moment, we're just doing an, an audio option to it as well. Um, if you've got any questions or any comments, um, obviously, you can send a message through this channel or you can send us a message um via any social media channel as well um, and through hello at bizshears.co.uk and we'd be and we'd love to hear from you but yes until next time um we hope you enjoyed today's episode thanks a lot bye bye